Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Well, I uh, am back in Hillhurst United Church, and it, uh, it's good to be on the creaky floors and the, uh, the church smell in the air. Uh, and I give thanks for uh, Charlotte helping last week as we did the service in our uh, living room and in our backyard. And uh, she's given a pass on uh, producing this week, which we uh, understand. Uh, you know, that takes a lot out of you to do that. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, quarantine's over. We are set free from our house. And uh, it's May, as you know, which means soccer season. I just want you to know that I've taken up the mantle of Coach Pentland. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday nights of coaching U10 soccer. We had our first practice the other night. And uh, the, the team... Is called the uh, Salty uh, Soccer Slayers, Triple uh, S. And so we'll look forward to a very busy season coming. But you can see that our world is coming alive as people are out uh, a bit more, a bit more walking, a bit more riding, a bit more playing, even in public spaces. And so we're giving thanks for that safe protocol in public spaces. Uh, and our text today, you know, uh, I've said this many times before, the, the Bible is... Uh, is sacred scripture written by different people over many different ages and times, their experience of God and relationship and meaning in life. And one of the things that's really interesting in the scripture is how often creation comes alive with, whether it's the beginning books of the story of creation or the ways in which uh, the, the parables and the stories and the Psalms speak about nature. And then you have Jesus uh, talking about uh, considering the lilies or the birds of the air or talking about how when uh, seeds don't bear fruit, uh, whether we should add fertilizer to them, or when plants uh, have dead limbs, should they be uh, pruned? And all of these nature images are so ad indeed abundant because they speak to us as humans and our connection to the earth and the parallel and metaphors to it. But you know, as I stand here right now in this uh, sanctuary looking to the corner, it just doesn't feel quite right. So I'm kind of thinking, um, I'm going to invite you to come with me and we'll carry this sermon uh, out into the public square and we'll find a bench to have a conversation. So hopefully you'll come with me. Uh, don't uh, leave the meeting now, but, but join me in the parking lot. Okay, so here you are. You followed me to Riley Park. Uh, if I had somebody with me, I'd spin you around. You can see the cricket uh, pitches. I think that's what they call it. There's people over here tilling and digging the garden. We know they're going to be uh, putting in plants. And behind me is this amazing tree. As you can see, I lost count how many branches coming out of it. The scripture text today is uh, about uh, pruning. Uh, it's about gardening. It's about abiding, and uh, I'm glad you're with me in the in the garden. I don't know about I don't know about you, but I've found that being outside every second I can is what helps me through this pandemic. Let us pray. Gardener God, we give thanks for your presence in the church, in our house, in parks, on the street, in our offices, just about everywhere. Be with us as we reflect together. Amen. So I. 
I showed up for tennis yesterday with a friend. I've made a deal with myself. Every day I'm going to do something different, whether it's bike, tennis, paddle, golf, something physical. I realized that that's so important to me. Yesterday I showed up to play a quick game of tennis with a friend and I said, how are you? And he said, I'm languishing. And I smiled to myself because I, I knew what he was talking about. There was a New York Times article that came out uh, just last week about this great word, languishing. Languishing is a word to describe how we're feeling right now with COVID fatigue after over a year of dealing with this pandemic. The article has been shared with me by at least five different people. And uh, it begins by saying, at first I didn't recognize the symptoms that we all had in common. Friends mentioned they were having trouble concentrating. Colleagues reported that even with vaccines on the horizon, they weren't excited about 2021. Family member was saying she stayed up late to watch yet another Netflix show, even though she'd seen it four times. And instead of bouncing out of bed at 6 a.m., I was lying in till 7 or 7.30 playing words with friends. It wasn't burnout. We still had energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. And it turns out there is a name for this, languishing. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days looking at your life through a foggy windshield and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. Languishing is a great word. My friend, when he said I'm languishing, I knew exactly what he meant because on the one hand there's flourishing, on the other side there's depression. It's neither of those that it's somewhere in the middle, languishing. Languishing is such a great word. We've all heard it, but we didn't quite know what it was. And I think it's describing what we're experiencing right now in COVID. You know, when people say how they're doing, they'll either say one of two things, I'm fine and move on. Or they might get into a conversation and say, I feel fatigue or I'm feisty or I'm tired or I'm edgy or I'm sensitive or I'm lifeless. All of these words are speaking about the experience of languishing. I'm feeling languishing too. Uh, I find uh, I'm, I am foggy. I find I'm not sleeping as well as I could. I, I find things that usually are e easy to do are way harder. It feels like this weight as we move our way through. We're languishing. In the article, it talks about the antidote to languishing. And the antidote is a really interesting word you all know. It's flow. Flow. In leadership circles, it's getting into that sense of flow when you are doing things and you completely lose track of time. When you're so into a puzzle or so into a craft, or for me, a physical thing, like when you're skiing, the only way to get down the hill is to pay attention to what's in front of you. You can't think about work. You can't think about any way, anybody else. You gotta get yourself down that hill and you're in the groove and in the flow. Occasionally when I'm playing tennis, I get in the flow three, four, five shots, total attention, total focus. Anybody who golfs, no, you can't, you can't really golf well if you're distracted. You gotta pay attention. You gotta be in the flow of the game. And so flow is the antidote to languishing. And in the article, they talk about the importance of boundaries, of setting time aside where you can actually attempt to get into the flow. 
They talk about making minor goals for yourself instead of big picture plans, just small things that'll help you feel like a sense of accomplishment. I found that last week when we were in quarantine. There's, I don't love painting, but I sure love painting a wall at the end of the day and sitting down and looking and going, hey, I did that. At least I can say I did that. There's a sense when you're in flow that you get into this pattern and at the end of all, end of it all, you can see your accomplishment. Languishing is how we're feeling and languishing requires a sense of taking small things we can do, feeling a sense of accomplishment, getting lost in it because it actually rejuvenates us. The article in the New York Times will post, it's a great one because these days when people are trying to name where they're at, I think languishing is the right word. So how does all this connect to theology and why, John, why are you sitting in a park and what about the Bible passage? Well, when I heard the biblical passage earlier in the week, there's a great word we don't use very often, just like we don't use the word languishing very often. There's a great word in this scripture where Jesus says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. We don't use the word abide very often, do we? But it's a great word. When you think of the word abide, it's, it's like that sense of being in the flow. Abide with me is the way in which right now we're abiding by the rules. We need boundaries, we need principles, we need protocol so that we can all abide by those rules to keep each other safe and to work our way through the pandemic. That's abiding by the rules. But abide also has this sense in which you are leaning in, a sense in which you are walking side by side, uh, a sense in which you are in the flow with another person. And so in this text, Jesus is saying, abide in me, abide in Jesus, abide in God. Well, how, what does that look like? For me, there's a sense when I think about flow and abide, there's a sense of during this pandemic, one of the things that's been so important and so powerful and so necessary is abiding in the faith. Go back to last week if you want to understand faith more fully, but faith is about deep-seated trust. And institutions like the church are important because they help us to connect. They help us to abide. Now, people will tell me that, that the music is so important that they play it over and over again. They're abiding in the flow of that music that takes them to another place, that music can be something we abide in. Daily, there's some mindful mornings or uh, daybreak on, on Wednesdays or uh, mindful music and mindful movement. The whole meditation movement is a being in the flow. It's surrendering. It is letting go of the ideas of the monkey mind and actually getting into the flow of silence. Sometimes flow is silence. I think the flow can be even in a reflection like this where we are not distracted by other things, but paying attention to what's being said and trying to make the connections with our own life. I think church, when we're abiding in God, is putting ourselves in the, in the place where we will encounter the Creator. I know we're missing the pews and the chance to sit in the pews, but you get catch glimpses of it or it comes to your memory. And you can imagine when you close your eyes that you're actually abiding in the pews with, with friends and strangers as we listen to music, as we daydream, as we hear reflections, as we pray, as we see and hear people moving around, there's an abiding that church provides, which is so, so important. 
You know, when I think about uh, abiding, I think about how important contact is these days. You know, occasionally after a Sunday, we'll get a text or an email where someone will thank us. All the people that aren't sitting with me right now that put together this service, the music and the editing and the advertising and all that goes into creating this moment in reflection. But we get occasional emails that help me know that we're on track. Two weeks ago after church, the Holy Spirit is moving here. Uh, after church, we were in the chat where you're at and a woman named Margaret, who I've never met in Ontario, said to the entire group, I found your church during this pandemic and I show up, I'll say, I abide in your church and I abide in the conversation after church. And she began to cry as she talked about how important it was to abide in a faith community during this pandemic, to hear people's perspective and to participate in worship. We can actually abide on Zoom and connect one to another. Or I think about a text that I got just uh, a week ago after a service, and it says something about why abiding is important. Hi, John, I've been enjoying online worship and wanted to comment a bit more about Sunday. I would have liked to stay in the Zoom chat, but I couldn't, I had to move on. I wanted to share how amazing and insightful the speakers were, and I want to add this to the conversation. I too am a church person, but this conviction is quite specific to the United Church. Not all churches hold the same magic for me. As a young person growing up across the street from the United Church, I would often go and nap or read in the sanctuary, abide. I love the beautiful stained glass, the hum of holy energy, and the feeling that there were angels all around me. Later in life, I came to experience nature as my church. I know you're on my page here, John. You love nature too. When I met you a number of years ago, we would sometimes let you know our family would be missing Sunday service to go hiking or picnicking or an adventure west and a camping trip. You might recall how conversations went Say hello, to, say hello to mountain God, say hello to ocean God, say hello to forest God. You've always spoken of an ubiquitous God. Yes, God is everywhere. And blessed are we who seek and find and fill our tender wanting hearts on a forest stroll. But for me, church is vital, it's a touchstone. It is that tangible, palpable community of spirit seekers who inspire and enlighten me. It is that family that cradles me in hope when I lose a loved one. Her husband died last February. It is that holy, loving, celebratory sanctuary for a baptism or a wedding. I understand and support this institution evolving with the times. I'm grateful, in fact. Heck, I can worship any day, any hour, several times a week if I want, in my sweatpants but I still love the bricks and mortar, the live minister, the little people galloping up the aisle, the flecks of stained glass windows glimmering in the pews, the choir and the angelic faces. I love church in the woods, on the lake, and in the holy buildings where fellow seekers meet eyes and offer me a tissue when I'm moved to tears. So onward we go with the God everywhere, inside and out. Anyway, I just wanted to add and say thanks for having these deep and meaningful conversations that church provides. That's abiding. 
that's that's abiding with God, whether you're on a mountain or by the ocean or sitting in a pew or riding in your car or riding your bike or sitting on a bench. It's, it's bringing to your attention that God is indeed everywhere. And God reminds us when we abide in God, when we bring that attentiveness to our life, there's a sense that that even in our languishing, we, we get a sense that we move ever closer to flourishing. So I don't know about you, whether you're languishing right now, uh, whether you're in depression or flourishing, but languishing speaks about this COVID time and abiding is the flow. Abiding is what helps us move ever closer toward that flourishing. You know, and Jesus says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. There's that call of intimacy, of connection, the promise that we are not alone, the promise that even if we have bad days or low days, that God will hold us and lift us in our languishing. And it is the abiding power of God and the spirit that lifts us, holds us and invites us to dance anew. So here I am in Raleigh Park. I'm languishing a bit. But connecting with you and trusting that you're you are where you're at and that we are called to abide in god there's a sense of relief of surrender and trust or faith that all shall be well all shall be well indeed may you find moments and glimpses of flow this week and may you know and trust that god abides in us and with us as we journey thanks for being here this day Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.